All right, so I am super excited to do this for you. Um, can somebody let me know that they can see this and we're all good? Yeah, we can see it, yes. All right, perfect. And my uh, text messages that keep going up, so hopefully they don't say anything. All right, so long live direct mail, how to use direct mail to close big deals. So before I get into um, direct mail in general, I kind of want to give you a background of my career because I think that it, it kind of helps me uh, define how I got here and how I believe that direct mail um, is one of the more important aspects of, of our strategy. Um, so I, when I um, started my career in software, I started Exact Target, which at the time, this is 2012, um, I, I started an agency, a creative agency before that, but, but Exact Target's where I started getting my software experience. Uh, we were an email marketing provider and um, it allowed us to, uh, we were one of the largest in the world and um, it, I ran content marketing there. So that was, basically trying to figure out how to get top of funnel content to uh, our, I think we were in seven countries at the time and trying to learn how to build a story that people cared about, right? They cared to listen. Um, then I went to Salesforce and through the exact target acquisition, spent a year and a half at Salesforce, basically doing the same thing, which is understanding how Salesforce tells their story. They are a huge branding unit, right? We all know that. Um, after Salesforce, went to OpenView, which is a venture capital firm in Boston, and started learning about how software, like smaller software companies do what they do. And OpenView is about a billion dollars under management, a little over a billion dollars under management across five funds, and they only invest in like Series B software companies. So you found product market fit, and now you're scaling. So I was on the other end of that, and I got to see 30 plus portfolio companies do that which one of them were, was Lessonly. So when Lessonly was looking for a marketing leader role um, and we were looking to move back to Indiana, it was the perfect scenario. So now I'm CMO at Lessonly and we do a lot, of, um, a lot of storytelling and it's something that we do really well, in my opinion. So before we get into um, just direct mail, I wanna tell a brief story, but Lessonly training software. We train sales and customer service teams. We train a lot of growing teams at scale on how to learn and practice their job. And um, a lot of that is based off of how we, we talk about direct mail and how we build it into our overall strategy. So first the story, a lot of this, a lot of this, um, a lot of our direct mail campaigns are built around um, a person or actually a llama. I feel like, uh, he or she is a person, right? Uh, Ali Lama. This is actually the first Ali Lama for Lessonly. Lessonly was founded about uh, seven years ago. And randomly, I, I, I think it was a co-founder's significant other drew, drew it on the board, on the chalkboard. And um, Ali just kept, like the Lama just kind of started showing up constantly, right? And this is Mitch Kazi. And Mitch Kazi was the first director of marketing um, at, at Lessonly and he was the third employee. And he said, hey guys, we should make the llama our mascot at Lessonly. Um, 
you can imagine at the time, like four or five people sitting in a room trying to figure out what to do. And, and, you know, you're trying to figure out how to grow a company and your director of marketing says we should, we should make a llama our mascot. And this is pretty much what the response was. What bad idea. Llamas are terrible. What are you even talking about? And then Mitch just did this and he just waited. He waited, he waited. And then it started catching on. And uh, I, I think it was about a year into the company. I've been here about three years in February, a year into the founding, they started doing this thing called Golden Llama. And they would hand out Golden Llamas once a quarter to employees who exhibited our mission and values, right? So every quarter an employee got a Golden Llama, they would take a picture, they would share it on social, and this was the Golden Llama. They held onto the Golden Llama for the entire quarter, and then they, they would give it to somebody else after that. So the Golden Llama, started to become a culture carrier for our company. People sought after it, right? They wanted to be it. It was, it was a way we could tell the story, the outsides, uh, the, we could tell outsiders the story of Lee using the Golden Llama. So this is Ben Battaglia. Ben Battaglia is our director of marketing right now at Lee, and he had a crazy idea. He said, we should send Golden Llamas to our top prospects and customers. And we were all kind of sitting there like, you know what? That's not a terrible idea. It actually sounds great because Ollie had started to build momentum as a Lessonly mascot and somebody that exhibited the values of Lessonly, which, which is pretty much the foundation of the company ever since the beginning. So you can't tell by the hair or the eyebrows, this is me. We decided to do it. And initially um, we spray painted a bunch of three inch golden llamas um, and sent them to our top prospects or customers. And I probably am gonna die at a very young age because I spray painted like 2000 of these. However, it started working for us. Um, this is an example of the packaging of the Golden Llama. Um, the idea behind the Golden Llama direct mail was there, we, we are constantly, and this is, this is just direct mail in general, and this is why we do it. This is why storytelling is so important as well, which I'll get into a little bit later, but, the idea behind the Golden Llama was how do we take our culture, the thing that, that we believe, our culture, our story, the way we think about our product, the way we um, exhibit our product and live our values, how do we take that and make it a competitive advantage in the market? So the idea behind the Golden Llama was we would send these Golden Llama to our prospects, right? And the Golden, we would tell the prospect, you should give this Golden Llama to somebody in your company and share it, share it online, social, but really that was the side benefit, right? The real value was you were recognizing somebody on your team that was doing good work and people loved it. I think that we got, some of this is that we got lucky that llamas started just to become trendy. Like I think Target released like 10,000 llamas, um, everything from calendars to lights to like plush llamas, everything, right? But people started loving it. People started giving it to employees employees started requesting llamas and it just started creating more of a cultural movement for us that was a competitive advantage and because of that we have built this idea of ollie into a lot of what we do and it's the culture carrier of lessonly and so as all of us are in are in high growth most of us are probably in software most of us are in marketing the reality is that we are in feature wars right now like Everybody can build the same feature. People are getting way better at rolling out product features quicker, right? 
you have got to differentiate past just the product features, right? You have to figure out how the story behind the brand sells it, the community of people that love what you do and you love them. How do they help you sell it? And that's where direct mail just started becoming more of a thing for us. So, and I'll get into some of these examples, but we have a board game called Llama Land that is three editions of it. We have a sales edition, we have a customer service edition, and we have like a, just a general edition. Then we have um, our uh, Lego Llama, which is Ollie, which is our senior director of brand um, developed and we gave out at our conference, um, our conference, Yellowship conference, um, which was a couple weeks ago. And we send that in direct mail. And it just started developing where we, we realized pretty quickly that it wasn't the swag, it was the experience. It was the time we were taking to de design these things that had value outside of just like a mug or a t-shirt or uh, any other thing you could send. There's freaking 3 million different things you could send people, but it was genuine. It was real and it was, um, it was tied into our culture. But the little llama was just the beginning overall. The, the golden llama showed us that a unique idea in direct mail drove a lot of interest. And I'll, I'll talk about this at the end, but I, I do want to be clear that I don't look at direct mail as the direct source of a closed deal. I look at direct mail as a influence in the entire process of a sales cycle, even like prospect to expansion revenue after they become a customer. We do not look at our direct mail budgets and say, oh, it didn't lead to $1 spent to $3 returned. We say, did this create a good experience? And are we getting feedback by, from the account executives, from our customers and from our prospects that they care, that they like the direct mail? Because that is what matters. If you keep looking at this idea of we have to generate return for everything we're doing, you are going to pick the cheapest things and nobody's gonna care. Nobody's gonna care what you're sending them because it's the exact same damn thing that somebody else sent them a week ago, right? And with, with softwares like Sendoso and PFL and Posty and Alice and all these people, it's becoming easier for people to do that. So you have to spend more time on the genuine stuff. So Little Llamas were just the beginning. Our mission statement, which is the foundation of this company, we help people do better work so they can live better lives, started working itself into our direct mail as well. And we, just, we found out that Max, our CEO, who created these values, it actually, his ideas and the way that he talked to, about teamwork and leadership, that was actually becoming a competitive advantage to us as well, both from a hiring perspective, as well as a deal, like big deal perspective. So we spent a lot of time forming this messaging around do better work, do better work, do better work, do better work. It's in our it's in our employee kickoffs. It's everything, right? Do better work. The high level messaging is around do better work. And you can plug any product feature into that, whether it's uh, you need your salespeople to practice their pitches within our products so that they can do better work. Because when they do better work, they get more commission and they hit their quota and you're happy and they're happy and they go home and their families are happy and they just live better lives, right? And we spent a lot of time writing Do Better Work, which is a book from Max. We designed it all in-house. And it is basically the culture carrier now outside of the Golden Llama. So if you think about a direct mail campaign, you might have a great first call. 
and then you send the golden llama, they're like, oh, this is cool. I, I see where their values are at. I'm going to give this to an employee. And then you have another call and you, and you learn that there's your buyer and your champion and also some influencers. So you send a book or you, you send two or three books to them and say, hey, we talked about the product in the demo and we've talked about the product in the second call, but here, here's where, what we believe the, the idea behind great teamwork and leadership and the, the relational skills that matter to, to great teams. This is what we believe. The competitive advantage of that cannot be understated. You know, we, we have Max go and do, our CEO go do events where he's talking about do better work and it has nothing to do with the product and people buy the product after it. Our user conference has nothing about the product in the user conference. It's all thought leadership, how to be a better leader, how to be a better person. And then you have like tactical breakouts where they can go to learn more about the product. But ultimately it's just about how do we rise above the idea that we just sell software because we sell training software, which we can get deeper into that. But the book has been a, a huge component of our direct mail campaign. So I'm going to give you some really simple examples that might be able to help you. And then, and then we can do, we can do Q and a, but for sure, Direct mail has the potential of connecting the entire buying committee. So whether you're, whether you're doing, I think it does depend on your go-to-market. Like if you have a um, product-led growth model where it's all done through the website, like a type form or a MailChimp, there's a certain point where if you move up market, you might have to start incorporating some direct mail. But when it's about a volume play, this might not work as well. However, if you're in our world at Lessonly, we, we sell into large uh, companies. So there's buying committees, there's influencers, there's champions, there's users, right? Um, so this is an example of how we do some direct mail. Lessonly account executive sends a golden llama to an influencer during the sales process. The influencer is encouraged to give the golden llama to the champion that we're talking to. The influencer and champion have what we would assume is a conversation about the golden llama and the potential of, and potentially Lessonly and how Lessonly works within the environment. This works really well um, through like a lot of conversations about churn and productivity where we see a lot of our customers, that's where they're focused on. Like how do we decrease churn, increase productivity? When you're talking about how you recognize employees in the process, um, that's also something that's really, really valuable. And for, I think the Golden Llama costs us seven bucks all in, even with, even with postage, maybe let's just say seven to 10, you know, a $10 um, direct mail is extremely, extremely, extremely valuable. Um, so influencer to champion. Um, the other thing would be that lessonly that we send Max's book to the entire buying committee and we may, maybe even have Max come to the prospects to do a talk for free. It encourages the group to read the book together or maybe, Maybe the account executive or CX, your customer success rep who also uses direct mail for expansion. Uh, maybe they'll write a note in there that says like, um, hey, uh, you should read chapter two and then the group will read chapter two. We don't have any data that says that people actually do this other than when we get really positive feedback from a prospect saying, man, I really love this book. I really love chapter three. Thank you. What you've done is that genuinely you've created a connection outside of just slinging software, which is very, 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 very important. and will continue to be even more important 
as software as the software model go to market model evolves in the future. Our custom board game is also sent to a specific champion and they encourage their team to do it, to play together. Um, it's, it's not necessarily about Lessonly, it's about their job, but Lessonly is built within the entire, um, the entire experience. Because we have, so we have do better work as a philosophy and we have do better work as a relational book, like how do you be a great leader, great manager, build great teams. And then we've got the better work method that is actually our operational framework that we, that we build within our customers. Now there's six, there's six columns to it. We talk about it all the time. It is what we believe builds great training and enablement. And that is part of the board game as well. So do better work, the board game, everything evolves around this idea of, of relational excellence and operational excellence. Direct mail also empowers the sales and customer success teams at the company. We use Sendoso to, to, to uh, power a lot of this. Sendoso basically lives in Salesforce. Salesforce, um, uh, integrated with Salesforce for lack of a better term. Each AE, SDR or BDR and CX rep gets a monthly budget where they can go in Salesforce, click who they want to send this to, and I'm butchering this, but you guys, you guys can go check them out. I love Sendoso. They can pick to either send a gift card, an Amazon product, or a direct mail piece that we, we put out. Like we'll, we'll have packages like send Max's books, send the board game, send a golden llama, send a t-shirt, send a swag pack, send like they just raised money, so send them champagne, whatever. You can choose one and it will automatically send. The brilliance of this is that it tracks everything that's going on within the opportunity, within the account. So we can start pulling attribution modeling to say, all right, we touched this account five times in the sales process and, and direct mail attributed to this amount, right? I still don't look at that as a gauge of success, honestly, because if you're doing direct mail right, you should touch 100% of your closed one ARR. Uh, because the account executives and CX reps should be really, really excited to, to use this stuff. We also use, um, we also fulfill about half of our stuff out of our office in Indianapolis. This is a picture of, if you look through those double doors on this picture, that's our direct mail closet. Um, we, we've set up a marketing request form via type form. We have an employee that can fill it out and the form will automatically add the request to the Salesforce record as well as add it to our project management um, tool, which is monday.com. Uh, marketing team will review all the requests, approve direct mail that cannot be fulfilled in Sendoso. So an example is that we have all these board games. I said board game as an example earlier for Sendoso, but we actually fulfilled a board game at our office because it just didn't make sense to ship 2000 board games to Sendoso's distribution center. So we decided to do it in-house. Um, we review all the requests. Once approved, the individual who filled out the request can actually go back to the back and, and pack their own direct mail. We do a lot of it, but it allows us to keep track of what's going out. Like if, if an SDR has a deal that's coming in hot and they need to get something before the demo with the AE, we might send 10 plush llamas out, out of the Lessonly office um, instead of waiting like the couple days that it takes Sendoso to do it. Direct mail spreads the mission. Um, there is not a better tool that we have to explain what Leslie is about than Max's book. We did it all in-house. It is very difficult to do. 
the most difficult things are the greatest experiences, in my opinion. If, you can, if we can get this book in front of people and they read it and they start implementing the ideas, it is so much easier for our account executives when they walk in the door because they've already bought into this idea. They've already bought into the framework. Now it's just a matter of, here's our product. Does it suit your needs for what you want to do? Um, so the book has been just a great way for us to share the mission. We send, we've sent out thousands of these books. Um, and an attendee had an idea where you can refer the book to people. And I love that. We're probably going to do that. Great idea. Thank you. Um, so it definitely helps us drive the mission. And also an experience tells a better and consistent story. Um, an experience from the Golden Llama to Max's book to the board game to we had a, we had a campaign where we sent a lockbox to one team. Like sometimes we do expansion deals where we sell a sales team and then we'll sell a customer service team. We set the lockbox to the sales leader and the key to the customer service leader in order for them to open it up. They had to get together to talk about lesson. And in the lockbox, after they opened it up, it had Amazon gift cards for them to go buy a book that the account executive suggested. Um, this was before Max had a book and we would just send them, but you know, we'd say like, um, you know, atomic, go, go buy atomic habits or go buy dare to lead and read it and let us know again. It had nothing to do with the product. Like it had everything to do with us saying, we are all human. We want to invest in you outside of just being a software company because we're in this in the long run, right? We want to invest in you. We, the relationship matters. That's why as a company, we overspend on post sales like customer support because it's important that people are, are throughout this entire process. So, I gave you a lot of information. I do want to show you our tech stack because I think it's very important. And this, this slide is crazy and I'm sure that we can send this out after, but for direct mail in particular, you know, type forms used to, to take some of the requests. Sendoso is used to fulfill a, a lot of the requests through Salesforce. Monday.com is used for our project management. Um, a lot of our enablement, training and enablement around these campaigns will be done in Lessonly. So if we have like a major direct mail campaign going out, like the, the board game, we'll create a lesson in Lessonly and send it out to the company saying, here's what the board game's about. Here's how you should talk about it. Here's when it will be available. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that, appeal, that applies to. I mean, you've got your account targeting contacts, all that stuff that helps us with like fulfilling and addresses and stuff like that. Um, Ultimately, this is a, I, I think it's amazing when marketers talk about tech stacks and my team kind of makes fun of me for this because I just buy a lot of software, but marketers buy a lot of software. But all this stuff has a purpose, right? And it helps us track, it helps us build attribution models and it helps us send direct mail to make sure that it's valuable in the process. And, and a lot of times we get great feedback um, that it works. And then one final, final, final thought. Um, I think that your ROI, um, I think the way, I kind of talked about this before, but a lot of people come to me and say, well, you know, what direct, what, what amount of revenue did you drive from direct mail? And my comment to them is, I don't know. Um, I'm sure that I could tell you, and I'm sure that there's some closed one, 
But for me, it is about continuing the process, continuing the conversation. It's more than just an SDR calling somebody on the phone, setting a demo, the account executive meeting with them, sending a boring one sheet, you know, having another call with them, sending a mug because probably every drinks, everybody drinks coffee and they'll like a mug with our logo on it. Most of the time people don't want mugs with your logo on it. They want mugs with their logo on it. Right. That are cool. I think drift has drift. Uh, Dave Gerhardt has a great example of this where all the, all the artwork that's behind them on their podcast is sent to them by other, by other companies. And they had one company that sent, um, pictures of their advertising, not Drift's advertising. And they were like, why would you send us your advertising? It's just very, it feels very egotistical when you start sending stuff to people, unless it's really cool stuff. And it's not just a mug with your, with your logo on it. Um, so remember the experience. Remember that direct mail is a component that not a lot of people do very well. So if you, you have the creative team and you have the, or you have a great agency that can help you do that, Direct mail will help you open doors. I don't think it's a great source of net new. Like don't, this is my last thought. Do not buy a list out of nowhere and just send a bunch of direct mail to them. We've done it twice over the past three years and it does not work. Um, I believe that direct mail is a great tool to nurture sales cycles and it's a great way to spread the idea of what you do and how you do it at scale. Um, and it does cost money. And you know what? Conferences cost money as well. Trade shows cost money. Paid advertising costs money. Just, just if you're going to do it, make sure that you are invested in the idea that we're going to do something a little bit different. And that's what I got. So thank you. So I'm going to stop sharing. Thanks a lot, uh, Kyle. That was really impressive. So really good to see that, uh, you know, it's not just about selling a software, but about taking your entire uh, prospecting list through a journey, through an experience to actually experience the lesson leave brand and not just, you know, have these experiences, you know, at ha have just one or two experiences. It is about the entire journey. So love the way that you actually use direct mail to, uh, you know, connect with your prospects and also from prospect to expansion. That is something not a lot of uh, marketers would have thought about. So we have a few questions uh, coming in. So first of the questions from Jonathan, how did you, how did you score your prospects to structure who and when, uh, you know, those prospects receive a golden llama? Uh, this is a really easy answer because we don't, okay. <laughs> which Actually, I, I think there's a lot that we can develop off of what we do now. Mm -hmm. And I think getting a better idea of scoring within the sales cycle was important. But Jonathan, we, we don't, I mean, if a deal is in the works and it's a good one, we will support it as a marketing team. Got it. Got it. And now there, now just, to, I'm sorry, sorry about that. Just to be fair, there is like a, um, there is a contract value number where we won't do some things, right? If it's a, it's if a very low, low um, ARR deal, like a revenue deal, we won't send like a $20 direct mail. Got it. Got it. Got it. So I guess that answers the next question from Mark. Uh, so uh, what he's asking is basically for smaller businesses, how do you propose to get started with uh, direct mail? Because direct mail can be expensive for small businesses. Mm -hmm. So how do you, uh, what would your ideas be around, uh, you know, uh, direct mail for small businesses? 
Well, I, I, you got to find what's different, right? And that's, that's probably the fundamental issue we all face as, as most of us face as marketers and business owners. It's like, what's the differentiator? For us, we have a great product. Our differentiator is the story we tell in our culture and how we support people and that human element. So the Golden Llama actually was not expensive. I mean, we, there's, some, there's some llama, there's some manufacturer up in Michigan that we probably made their year because we ordered so many llamas, like little three-inch llamas from them. But, you know, it took, it took a lot of my time um, spray painting a bunch of things. But, um, you know, we finally, once we knew, we started small. And once we knew that it worked, we went and mass manufactured them. So I think it's, what, what do you think is differentiating? How can you deliver that in a way that is interesting in mail? And you, I've seen postcards that are interesting. You know, it's just a matter of making sure that you're spending time and you're not just going to a swag vendor. And we, we, use, we use like three or four swag vendors. Yeah. I'm not, not dissing swag vendors, but don't go to them and say, I need to send pencils, right? Because nobody cares about your pencils. Got it. I mean, you might, but nobody cares about them. Yes, exactly. Uh, this is a question from me, Kyle. So how important is it, is it to build a brand to, you know, invest in direct mail? Now, uh, let us say there are a lot of uh, smaller companies out there or there are a lot of startups out there. So they might have a great product there, but they are not yet, uh, you know, having an established brand. So in this particular case, how do you effectively use direct mail? Or is it that you have to uh, have a brand, invest in brand, and then kickstart a direct mail campaign? Um, I, don't, I don't think you, I think you need to have some idea what your brand is, right? And that's, that's a whole, I could spend two hours talking about that and I would probably just refer you to anything Andy, Andy Raskin writes. But um, I, for me it is, do you, have, do you have a unique story? It could be a customer story. Maybe you only have three customers and one of your customers are like, we love you. We will never leave you. This is how you help us. And you talk to them and you start figuring out maybe it's a cool little video piece that we send people. Or, you know, you can do like, if you have a really large contract value, like you're selling six figure deals, you could send cheap mobile phones with videos on it to people. Um, so I, I think you need to understand what your differentiator is. And then I think, I think you got to spend some time with creative people saying, how would you, how would you set, tell this differently? And most of the time, I don't think it's your product. And I think most people, that's where they screw up. It's either, I really like this battery charger. Let's put our logo on it. Let's send it because everybody needs battery chargers for some reason and or iPhone chargers. And then, you know, they don't, and then they say, let's put a product one sheet in the box with it. That's this. So it is so unappealing to me. It's like, Exactly. You didn't spend time to think about it. Yes, exactly. Yes. I'm being a little extreme, but I, I've, I have like 50 iPhone chargers. and <laughs> I do understand. So it has to be, the experience has to be tailored to the person who's receiving the gift. So yeah, and, and a great example. Hey, I'll use an iPhone charger as an example. Yeah. We did one for Yellowship and we designed it as Ali Arlama's head. Wow. And that was, that was the iPhone charger. So you can do normal things just do them creatively got it got it so uh this question is from gillian so he's uh asking here 
now, uh, you have clearly mentioned that you use the Golden Llamas in different stages mm. of your sales uh, funnel. And you are basically catering to an experience. You're not looking at, uh, uh, you know, the uh, $1 turning into $3. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what are the metrics that, uh, you know, somebody who wants to implement, uh, uh, you know, direct mails in their company. So he's working at an agency. So yep. what are the metrics that he has to look so that, you know, he can convince their clients also to get started with direct mail? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't separate direct mail as a channel in the pitch. Direct mail would just be an added cost within the entire campaign. Okay. That's, I mean, that's how I think about it. It's if, if our sales cycles are short enough, if our customer acquisition cost is right as a company, if the entire campaign, whether somebody came in through a paid ad and then they read our blog and then they got a direct mail and then they talked to the AE for 60 days, we take all that into account. And I think if I was pitching it, I would say, Here's the campaign, like go broad, like here's the campaign, it's amazing. And here are the different channels and direct mail just happens to be one component and here's how it fits in. Some customers might still cut it, but um, that's where you have an entire argument of whether you should work with people that would cut it anyway. But I know that that's a very easy thing for me to say because I, I do not work or run an agency. Got, got it, got it. So, uh, what, you know, how do you decide what kind of, things would be good to send to leads? That is uh, one of the questions from Grayson. Mm. So, uh, you know, what, what kind of research do you do on the account? So uh, is it account level or is it on an individual level? And probably do you use any tools to get this done? Yeah, yeah, so we, so we have an SDR team, our sales development reps, business development reps, some people call them, or outbound calling. Um, they live in the marketing team. So what happens is that they will source an account. They will build a contact list that, that is associated with that account. Like you're selling into Lessonly, you're finding out I'm the marketing leader, that I have a director of marketing, that I have a senior director of brand. And we give them, and this is something that we're changing as well internally, but we give them the opportunity to say, okay, well, you're using, we use Apollo for contact sourcing. We use DataFox for account sourcing. We also use a research company called Kicksaw out of Toronto that does a lot of research for us as well. And the SDR might use Sendoso because they see that the, the people they want to get in front of went to Notre Dame or they went to uh, Univer like Duke University and they send them a, a, a hat from Duke or they send them a jersey from Duke out of Sendoso. So there's a lot of research that goes up front, but most of the time um, our direct mail that comes out of my team, that's not automated through Sendoso. It's usually all the same because we design it's like, there is nobody on the face of the planet that doesn't want a little Lego llama to put together. Right. I mean, let's be honest, unless you're crazy, people love Legos. Yeah. So when we're, when we're brainstorming this stuff, that's what, that's what we try to think about. Got it. Got it. Interesting. So when do you start using direct mail in the, uh, you know, sales cycle? So, uh, uh, you know, is it used to open a few doors or, you know, is it when, when does this first direct mail uh, go? So that would be an, uh, a question that, uh, you know, uh, some of them would be having. Yeah, sure. I, most of our, most of our 3d direct mail, like the board game, the Lego llama, the golden llama, it all happens after the first meeting. Um, the Sendoso stuff, like uh, sending personalized gift or a coffee or like a, we use, um, 
We use donorschoose.org quite a bit, and it's a nonprofit where you can buy somebody a gift card to buy like supplies for a school in their town or their area. We use that quite a bit as well. But most of the time, it's our it's our inbound channels outside of direct mail that are opening doors, and direct mail is used in the nurture, like to nurture the the prospects across the sales cycle. Got it. Got it. So I understand that uh, you know Lessonly has been using direct mail for a lot of their uh, campaigns. Uh, uh, can you give us some more examples? You know, outside of Lessonly, where uh, you know you have seen some great uh, direct mail campaigns. You know, delivering great results. And what would be you know your favorite uh, direct mail uh, campaign? If uh, you know you could say that. I mean, my favorite direct mail campaign is what we do. I'm sorry, but um, I like the the Golden Llama. The Golden Llama works so well for us that that it was that's my favorite. However, anything anything where I believe that somebody this is probably where I should have, should have started the presentation. Great direct mail is when somebody believes that that it's personalized. That that's it. Like if I, if people, people know that I like craft breweries or they like, I like bourbon that like, that is where, um, that is where I think it's valuable. If I'm getting a bourbon from somebody because I just got a promotion or they said, Hey, I noticed that you're part of revenue collective. Here's something right. Um, like when you, when you spend the time to try to understand the contacts and you have to have the team to help you do that and the tech stack to help you do that you know, that is where it's valuable. And, you know, I, I can't, I got a mobile phone once, which was cool, which I mentioned before, where wow. you, it had one, one, one full, it was like a Samsung, a cheap Samsung phone, but it was okay. touch screen and it had like a video on it that you could watch. And then okay. I think they had a program to where the SDR could call that phone when they knew I had turned it on. <laughs> which Excellent. was kind of unique, yeah. but the product, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I can't, this was like two and a half years ago. I'm pretty sure the product oh. wasn't good. So it okay. kind of ruined the whole experience. Right. Okay. Okay. But uh, you know, excellent way to uh, get in touch with a really personalized experience. There. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was great. Yeah. So this is a question from Mark. Uh, what would a, no, he's asking for an example. So what would a yep. wedding venue or a corporate event uh, venue use as a direct mail during the sales process? Um, any example or any ideas that I would probably put together a photo book with quotes from people who have used the venue to give out when you have people walking through the venue. So having like a couple couples that got married, like you can do the photo books on like, there's like 50 sites that do them now that are 20 bucks and you can get them sent to your office. Um, that's what I would do. You hand them a book says, Hey, you know, you can pick a ton of wedding venues. I understand that. Here's the actual quotes and examples and pictures of people who have done it here before. And you can let them tell the story for you because I, I, I just have a venue and you can see it right now. That's how I would do it. Got it. Got it. Excellent. Now, if a startup, uh, you know, would like to kickstart, and now we, we are talking about a startup itself. So they, they probably are at an MVP stage. All right. And I've seen this particular, uh, uh, you know, campaign run by uh, Drift, uh, where, uh, you know, when a person is uh, researching on their uh, website itself and they've booked a demo, 
they immediately send over uh, a warm coffee yeah, you know so yeah. that yeah, so that you know when the guy is when the prospect is on the table they are with their hot piping cup of coffee all right now does something like this work for a startup or have you seen um, any other campaigns like this so what gm command no. did there is he actually brought the retail experience into oh, yeah. you know an inside sales experience so have yeah. you seen something like that like a cross functional campaigns coming here yeah yeah look i a lot of us in the software game have cash on hand because we've raised money so our ability to send hot copies to people before a demo is doable because we have the cash to do it and it's part yeah. of a customer acquisition cost model right i love that idea i think it works extremely well for them and if i were to point to anyone that's great at direct mail drift is also amazing at it like the, the way they tell their story is very very important um the you've got to you've got to be realistic about what you can do both from both from a cost perspective as well as if your product's even ready for it right i you know we talk i think direct mail has a lot to do with like conferences when should you do your first conference when should you do events when you found product market fit when you know who your customer is and people are buying your product that's when you start that's when you start um, investing in things like direct mail like events like things that that start building upon this idea that you've already you've you've basically gotten past the MVP. Now, if you want to sit beta customers down and give them coffee, great. But don't spend a ton of time and energy trying to scale something when you have an MVP because you still are trying to figure out what the hell you want to do, right? Yeah. So just be you, you got to be realistic about what you can do based off of what stage you are as a business. And that's, you know, Drift Drift has capabilities outside of Westlink, right? Because it's just a bigger company. So it's just be realistic about it and responsible. Got it. Got it. So this is the last uh, question coming in from uh, Zach. Uh, how did you start with uh, Drake Mail and how painful was it to spray paint Golden Lama? So probably you painted close to about <laughs> 2,000 of them. So how difficult and how painful were they? Uh, you know what? I, uh, I mean, it was... I, it was not fun spray painting a bunch of golden llamas, but um, it was, I wouldn't say it was difficult because I am very blessed that I have a team that is ungodly good. There's a reason why we do pretty much everything in-house, writing, creative, production, everything, because our team is better than agencies. So I got very lucky that I had that team here and we've built upon that team. Um, it'd probably be way more painful for me if I didn't have the team in place that I do today. So my only recommendation is to make sure you spend the time, energy, and thoughtfulness around designing something that is going to get somebody to say, this, this makes sense to me, or just, wow, I never, like, I never thought of it in this way. Um, and quit sending one sheets in direct mail. Like nobody wants to unfold a eight and a half by 11 piece of paper that talks about your product. Yeah. They totally don't care. Understand. Totally understand. Yes. Because you're talking about an experience and not just uh, you know, another mouthpiece for the product. Yeah. And, and, and look, to be fair, I know we have some people on here that are, that do not sell software. I think that goes for whatever you sell. If yeah. you're an accounting firm, if you're a wedding venue, if the thing you're producing that you're sending something is the exact same thing as your competitor, the logos just changed and maybe you were founded earlier, you are not marketing well. You're just recreating the wheel. So it's just 
spending some time and trying to be creative and taking risks. It's okay. Like we've had, I'll give you one great example of a failure and then I'm done. Then we can, we can shut it off. But we had a, um, our, one of our big integration partners is Zendesk. And we had, we created a little mini Zen garden wow. that, that had like uh, tools for you to move the sand around and all that stuff. It had Lessonly on it. And we were handing these out and mailing them to people to find your Zen with Lessonly. Um, cool idea, did not work. They were too heavy. People didn't want to take them from the booth. They actually were too expensive to send to Sendoso. They were too expensive to send them out of the Lessonly office. Okay. And now we have boxes and boxes and boxes of these heavy Zen gardens that just did not work. But we were okay with it because it was a cool idea. And not all your ideas are going to work, but just make sure that if you're, if it's your company or you're a marketing leader, be okay with failure because you have to be in order to create true creativity, like a Lego Ali Lama or a board game. Awesome. Awesome. So before you go, there's just one question that came in. Uh, so you mentioned about postcards that work. So uh, can you elaborate on that? So how did, so, uh, you know, what were the postcards about and, uh, uh, you know, for which industry and how did it look, uh, look like? Can you shed a little more light on that? Yeah, I, so I don't have a specific example. If we were, to, let me, if we were to do postcards, it would probably be bigger. It would be a bigger one and it would lead to a digital experience. Um, whether that's entering this code to get X. Um, I think if you make it funny, it's a little bit easier. I've seen cool cutouts. There's also, um, there's also vendors that will do like 3D cards. If you open them up and it's like a children's book where it's a 3D experience is pretty cool. Um, but never, I mean, one note on that, never underestimate the power of a handwritten note. And that is the cheapest direct mail you can possibly do. We do a ton of handwritten notes because nobody does it and it's, and it's genuine. All right. So a follow-up question on that. So let us yep. say if you're talking about uh, handwritten notes, uh, and let us say if your uh, if your prospects or the receiver is uh, you know across the border, so you're yeah. obviously you're a software platform, you'll be sent, uh, selling internationally. So if it has to cross borders, then in that case, uh, you know how would you do a handwritten note? I mean, we still do it. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> okay. Because I. You know, it costs a lot, right? If I'm it, sending, yeah. if I'm sending to you, or I'm sending to even when I send to Canada, yeah. um, but it, I, I think that if you are starting to do more um, international type markets, you've got to rethink this entire model. Like most of our customers are North America, but okay. uh, we do, we do have customers and prospects outside of North America, and we spend the money. We no. sent a board. We spent. We, we sent a board game to China and that was expensive, but it, but it was, it was worth it because they're a great customer and they really appreciated us reaching out to them because again, you cannot underestimate the value of an experience. Okay. If, if your competitor is not going to even think about sending a board game because it costs 80 bucks to a, to a prospect, okay. you might. And if you get it, if you get a contract, that's a hundred grand, that was well worth it. But you got to think outside the box and be okay with doing stuff like that. Got it. Got it. Totally understand. So taking the risk is the name of the game. And if, uh, you know, it is, uh, you know, it ends up in improving the quality of the experience the user has with the brand, then 
obviously then you have to experience you have to invest in that yeah yeah and we and i you know what we as marketers as business leaders we talk a lot about scale and hacking and growth and read the reality and i'm probably stealing this from dave gerhardt at drift and he probably stole it from somebody else but great experiences don't scale they yeah. don't our our conference does not scale However, when we get people there, it works. And it works better than if we were trying to scale it. Scale it. So sometimes you got to do things that can't scale and they're going to work way better than you trying to do a thousand coffee mugs because it's cheaper and it's quicker. Totally understand. So, right. I'm, so I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, that's it from uh, uh, our side, uh, Kyle, no more questions. So everybody who's attended the webinar, thank you so much for attending this awesome Limitless session with Kyle Lacey, the CMO of uh, Lessonly. We have many other influencers lined up. So join us next week on, uh, uh, on the Friday with the director of J Barrow Sales, Morgan Ingram. So we have a lot of uh, uh, sales influencers lined up. Thank you once again for coming on this uh, particular webinar with Kyle. Kyle, thank you so much for agreeing to do this with us. Uh, I, I know I was chasing you like crazy, but thanks a lot for taking the time to do this for us. Yeah, my pleasure. And thanks a lot for everybody who's joined us. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Hey.